Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigby. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. A lot of people will buy a fishing rod and get a decal of a fish and put it on. But to have something hand-woven that really looks like the fish, and we've, we've showed you these things in the daylight. When you're out in the sunlight, these things just pop out at you. You are listening to Jim Coffey, the owner of Tackle Craft of Pine Island. Jim has been crafting custom fishing rods in St. James City for over a decade. Jim turned a hobby into a business, and he couldn't be happier. He says it's relaxing for him to be in his zone as he builds his custom rods, perfectly matching his customers' requests. Arlene, Jim's wife, joined us on the interview, and you will hear how proud she is of her husband and his craft. And now, here are Jim and Arlene. Well, welcome, and thank you, Jim and Arlene. We're so excited to talk to you. Um, after listening to you the other day, it's you've got fabulous stories to tell us, and and especially about those custom rods that you do. And thank you, Arlene, for contacting me. Well, you're welcome. Anytime. My so, pleasure. And and I like listening to your programs, too, because oh, I started did you start? listening. Yes. Good. It's, very it's, it's been so much fun. What we like to start with is if you could tell a little bit about yourself, you know, what where you grew up, um, what um, how did you meet each other? <laughs> um, what what uh, what you've lived through, um, your careers. We always like to start there, and we could start with who wants to start with that. Well, I started out as a child <laughs> growing up in East New York, Brooklyn. Uh, a Catholic upbringing. Uh, we went to Catholic school. Uh, East New York was not the best place in the world to grow up, but I had a dad that was a drill instructor in the Marine Corps. And if you ever saw the movie Full Metal Jacket, that was my father. When he said jump, your response was, how high, sir? Don't forget the sir. Okay. Uh, I worked for a utility in New York, Con Edison, for 42 years. I've been married a couple of times, but now I'm not now the best. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I started building fishing rods in the mid seventies. We had a boat, a, a wooden boat, uh, 32 foot pacemaker in New York in the mid seventies. And we fished the fluke. We fished the bluefish and stripers in October of 1976. We went to take the boat out of the water and the owner of the marina started yelling. It's like, what are you doing? I so Nick, Nick, Nick Rivera is, is getting cold and it's going to freeze. He says, no, there's a bunch of tuna fish right out off the beach. You got to go fishing for them. So we fished up until the mid-December. At the time, I was married to somebody who worked for the same company. And we took a foot on a, on a Friday afternoon. We went down and cleaned out the boat in mid-December. And we put everything in the car. We went home. Shaved and clean, went to a party in Manhattan for the company. 
And we parked the car on 30 Avenue and 14th Street in Manhattan. And we came back and the car was gone with all the Fisher equipment. So we decided to build it, start building new Fisher equipment rather than buy it. And it started in 1976. And I've been building it. Each time I build a rod, I learn a little bit more. And it's graduated into what I'm doing now. Uh, uh, I have about 40 fish patterns that I do. Uh, I do mermaids. I do hawks. I do any, basically anything you want. It's not too complicated. And uh, it's it's a hobby that's grown into a business. When I came down here, fell in the base shop, saw my one of my rods, and said, well, where'd you get that? I said, I built it. Would you like to do the repairs for us? I said, yeah. And then he said, well, maybe you want to build a couple of rods and put them here in the shop. And yeah, and they're selling about 100 rods a year out of the shop. I'm selling about two or 300 a year on the internet. And then I have a group of my other customers that I'm selling with. And uh, people are enjoying them. Uh, the repairs that I'm doing are basically overnight in most cases. I was saying we do it in a New York minute. If you know what a New York minute is, it's less than 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guarantee it for a year, and I pretty much guarantee a, a perfect match for what you give me. And uh, people come in here, and it, 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 not only is it I'm making a, a little bit of money, but it's, it's, it's doing wonderful things for my ego. You know, guys come in here and like, oh, ooh, look at this, whatever. I had one couple that came in here, and the guy was like, he picked up a fishing rod, and he, he just wouldn't put it down. And his wife's standing there frowning. I said, he's going to buy that fishing rod. Just, she said, no, he's not. I said, yes, he is. <laughs> sure enough, he did. He bought it. But it's fun. You know, it just keeps me busy. And, I, and it's a service that the island needs. So, so this would have never happened unless all your fishing equipment got stolen. Probably not. You're saying? Probably wow. not. Yeah. Turned it around. Yeah, we turned it around. So uh, now I, I always joke. We're... He's getting so busy that my neighbor down the road is convinced that I'm running a whorehouse because <gasps> the guys come out here. They spend 15, 20 minutes telling fish stories. They come out so happy. And they do it like <laughs> every so often. And I know, I know every, whenever she talks to me, she gives me that side eye and <laughs> says a few things that are like, oh, there's a lot of men that come to the house. <laughs> but she hasn't told you about her bio. Uh, what I'm most proud of, uh, when I met her, I was working on my, my bachelor's degree. She was a lawyer. Then she became a judge in New York. Whoa. So although I have a master's degree in computer science, I have to be careful when I argue with her. Because <laughs> she's the judge. Yeah. You come to judge. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to win an argument. Then. It is, really. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have to proof, show the proof. <laughs> right. Contempt of court. There's all kinds of things that can happen to you. you know, I have a gavel. You have a gavel? <laughs> and she tell me you're in contempt sometimes. <laughs> but you started, I remember you were telling me the other day that you started doing this while you were working too, and that you don't, now that you're doing it full time, yeah. you don't consider it a job. No. Like I told you the other day, Confucius has a saying, man who finds a job he likes never work a day in his life. Yeah. It, it it's relaxing. You know, Olene gets into her, her thing doing and I go in the room and like it it's you're in a completely different zone. You know, you constant I showed you had showed you the schematic of what I do and uh you have to pay attention to it. You really have to focus on it. 
it's not that it's hard. I mean, you, you know, you have 130 reps that you have to do, and each one is different. You have to pay attention to that and move strings or pieces of thread as, 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 you, as you do. It is hard. But, but it's not hard for you. But it's, it, it's, it's If you follow the step, you, you get to string 130. It says move string 32 from left to right. So you move the string. You take a wrap. And then string 30. The next one might be move string 41 from right to left. It's, it's if you follow the pattern and you, and you concentrate on it. It's not that hard, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, so you develop the patterns. And, I was going to say, I saw that. And he works. So. He, he work. He does this meticulous work mm -hmm. on the on the small place. Like the but, other day, he was saying, because some, but somebody that can concentrate on what they're doing, it's not really that hard. I mean, overall, you look at it like it it, it blows your mind. Uh, when I show people that that often that I showed you when they flip it over. And they look at it like, how'd you do that? Ugh. You know, it's just, you have to sit and concentrate and clear your mind. And it's very therapeutic. You know, to me, uh, it gives me kind of a reason, you know. I mean, I've always been a very busy person and, you know, keeping myself occupied and, you know, busy. Uh, I don't like sitting around being idle. Uh, and it's fun. Especially when somebody comes in, guys come in here and they like, ooh, wow, ooh, Mm. <laughs> you know, makes makes Jim feel good. You know, <laughs> it really... oh, oh yeah, I read those reviews, and it they bought one, and then they'll say, "But I'm going to buy four more." You know, if, like, if yeah, you go, you if you go on eBay, I've got about 600 positive reviews. Oh my goodness! Some guy uh, about a month ago, I sent him a, a tuna fish rod. And he says, well, you know, you get what you pay for. It's sloppy and this, and it's got a nylon real seat. And I wrote back, I, I, I responded to it. I said, you must be talking about something else. These rods are thoroughly inspected before they leave you. And nylon real seats, no company has made them in over 40 years. He must be talking about something else. Moreover, he never ever brought it to my attention or to the attention of eBay, and we would have fixed it. Somebody comes in here and they want a custom rod. I mean, I have a rod in there that I'm fixing for a guy. What do you want exactly? So I call him up and I, he's paying me. I want to give him exactly what he wants. You know, and if it's not what he wants, bring it back. We'll make it what, what you want. Satisfaction guaranteed. I want you to be happy with your stuff. A custom rod is a very personal thing. It's built specifically for you. Whatever color you want, whatever you want, I'm going to do. I put my ego in my pocket. If you want the wrong thing, I'll tell you about it. You might not want to go there, but if that's what you want, that's what you get. You know, and uh, he's also done um, custom work for somebody who had uh, was a thalidomide child, had no arms, and he fished with his foot. Yeah. yeah. And he had he, to have. Um, put it on a flip flop. Yeah. yeah he put, wow. he, he uh, worked it custom for him yeah. and another fellow had no use of one arm and wanted it yeah. very yeah. to be able to put under his armpit yeah. instead of the arm yeah i and saw where you did special needs it, it, so it really it's very satisfying it, it's very it's very personal I had one fellow came in here and he he wanted he not not a very articulate no a, a very intricate rod but he wanted he gave me this little jar with ashes in it he says this was my best friend 
I want you to put it in your eyes. So whenever I go fishing, my oh. my best friend, you know, this is what you want. You're paying for wow. it to good money. And I'll tell you what, I don't charge a whole hell of a lot for these rods. Uh, the rods that I'm selling usually go for two to three hundred, three hundred dollars. I'm selling for like 130, 140 dollars. We we have a lot of other income. We don't need extra money. Uh, we have a lot of real estate that we own. We have retirements and whatever. This is just fun for fun, you know, and yeah. putting out a good product to the folks in, in Pine Island and whoever else, you know, comes by me. very sentimental. Some are sentimental and some are just fun. I, I, we, we, we know uh, what a lot of the fishing captains that are around here. And one of them is Matt Mitchell and he fishes in the tarpon tournaments all the time. And we've designed, worked with him to design, well, one year he had, he wanted to put on Chase and Poon and with the tarpon, for the tarpon tournaments and he had to make four of those for him. Right. Right. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. We have another client that, two women that run a charter service called Fishing Chicks. And I I actually put that on on their rod and, and, you know, it, it, it's happy. But the other, the, what's interesting is like I built a lot of rods and I stuck a lot of rods out there. Very rarely do one of my rods come back for repair because I'm use, I use the most quality components, titanium forge guides. When they make the guides a forge guide, they actually pour the metal in and they form it as opposed to most of the guides where they take a, a flat piece of metal and they stamp it. In the stamping process, they stretch the metal and they heat the metal so they weaken it. Uh, the guys that I put on, most of them don't break, you know. I mean, I, if somebody's not going to buy one of my rods, I encourage them to buy like a pen rod or a Daiwa rod because they're going to break. I make more money off the repairs and they're quicker <laughs> than I do with building a rod, <laughs> you know. And the price for repairs is dirt cheap. I mean, I, I charge like $8 for a $9 for a single-foot guide and $12 for a double-foot guide. And I guarantee the repair for a year. Yeah, so, but, but Tim doesn't charge those. Prices. I don't know what Tim charges, and I don't care what Tim charges. <laughs> you know, it, that's what happens. But if somebody brings back one of the rods that I fix, I'll repair it, you know. So you obviously must have loved fishing because you had the stuff in the car that got stolen. How yeah. far back do you remember starting to fish or learning to fish and first developed the interest in the water and fishing? When we were children, uh, we lived in Brooklyn, and my parents, every summer, we used to spend two weeks in Montauk Point, Long Island. And we used to go to the docks, my brother, myself, my dad, and fish. And they were little porgies and little bluefish and whatever. But it was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. you know. My brother was more into fishing than I was. But as I grew up, I, I really got into fly fishing. Uh which was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I just, I enjoyed it. Uh, I never kept, kept most of the fish I caught. I really, you know, they, they were small, but I released them. I had a respect for the water, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice hobby. It's a good pastime. I mean, sitting on a boat or sitting on a dock with, with your wine in the water, you know, you're watching the float. Your mind is, goes to other places, you know. He uh, used to, go to the Salmon River up in New York 
And when he'd go on a fishing trip, he'd bring several hundred pounds of smoked salmon wow. back mm. with him. And still had, man, a lot of plays or whatever. Yum. Yeah. Any other areas that you fish? You mentioned she just mentioned the Salmon River, but uh, in and around the New York area, and then the Salmon River. Did you do trips? I know sometimes people go to Canada or out to uh, Wyoming. Those kinds of areas. We there were so many places that were close by to fish. We used to at night we'd go to Jones Inlet and okay. in in the inlet and we, with our waders and we'd fish for striped bass. I had an opportunity. Uh, while there, I worked part time for uh, Time Warner Cable, and the director of Tech Ops invited me on a trip. Uh, he had set up some some guys, some large firm, uh, their, their, their system, and he offered me a trip to Vladivostok, Russia. Russian is the enemy, which is whatever. And it was like you'd fly to somewhere in Russia and then. On a big plane, and then you get a little plane and fly 200 miles north into the wilderness of Russia. And I said, You know what? 200 miles up in the wilderness of Russia, <laughs> Jim Coffee, huh? Who <laughs> he? And I mean, it, it was it was a trip of a lifetime, but, right. but I opted out. I mean, I, I fished a lot of places around. Any Anytime we ever went on vacation, I always were a fishing rod. I mean, when I first came down here, I, I told this story about me and the shark off down about Island. And uh, my first snook that I caught, uh, you know, the it, bone fishing we did in Bermuda. Oh, we used to go to the Bahamas bone fishing, oh, the Cayman okay. Islands. Yeah, uh, that's tough fish to catch. Bone fish. I've only caught two in my life, you know, and I've only caught one permit. And I was actually in a hard, hardworking bayou, that that bay over there. Uh, but it's fun, you know. It's it's good. What turned me off of the fishing here was like in 2017, we had that uh, big red tide. And yes. The canal behind the house was just full of dead fish. At that point in time, we just decided we're not eating any more fish out of this water. Yeah, there was somewhere in that area, um, a neighbor said, uh, I know you guys tend to come back without any fish. He says, if you take me on your boat and let me show you a few things. And. He was very good at casting and getting bait and stuff like right. that. Cause he's like, you know, I think your bait might not be fresh enough or you're yeah. using too many artificials and stuff. We said, well, geez, if you want to go with us, of course. Well, we had kind of thought that the red tide was down and for the news, it was down from where it was, but we had gone to a couple of places to get bait. And he says, well, let's start to head North and we'll, you know, I know a couple of places that we should go. And, um, I don't remember. We had to slow down for some reason, uh, maybe another boat or wake or something like that. And I remember Joanna looked off the side and she said, oh, my God, I think there's a dead cow in the water. And we we kind of like circled back around almost like a man overboard drill. Well, it was a massive grouper wow. from somewhere out in the Gulf. Because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this wasn't like, yeah, <laughs> this is, but, but we saw that and it's like, it, to your point, it was kind of like, that may, now I'm looking back after your comments, I'm thinking maybe that's what kind of soured us just a little bit because you mm -hmm. saw, well, one, you knew anything you caught couldn't be eaten anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and number two is just the amount of kill was just, well, now we were lucky our canal didn't get, I don't remember, it had very, very little compared to a lot of canals, yeah. but that was, that was, um, that was changing. That was, that was really yeah, hard we, to see. Yeah. We didn't notice because we went out, it was dark when we went out yeah. and then as the light, you could see the dead fish 
But I, I think why we slowed down is there were captains out there getting their bait from the water mm. with the net, and they were mad. At, they were swearing, remember? And because the bait was dead. Yeah. It was all dead. Yeah. And we're like, what's going on? And then we even went out a little further, and we said, we have to go back home. We had yeah. this canal was filled with fish. It's just the entire four, thing. The four entire or five canal. days before they cleared yeah. out and settled, you know, whatever. It was just dreadful. And we have a freshwater canal up here. Um, not a, a canal, a freshwater of, stream the, that feeds. There's a spring at the Oh. But waterfront. So we get all kinds of wildlife. That you get manatees swimming past the house all the time. And yeah. and you know there's a little fish rookery behind that inn that that off the chart thing. Oh. And um, that was that was so heartbreaking. And how did you folks discover Pine Island? And that's kind of one of our standard questions. Back in mid '80s, I'd come down here, and. Uh, we were staying on Fort Myers Beach at a pink show. And first time around, I mean, you're touring, and I came here. I said, wow, I mean, it, Pine Island did not look like this in 1984. Right, right. And I said, you know, it'd be a nice place to live. You know, uh, it was it was being developed. I mean, I knew the fishing was great. And uh, back around 2007, 2008, we were planning on re retiring. We weren't married at the time. We came down here four or five times to look at it, and each time we came down, we, we were originally thinking of Tropical Point, then we were thinking of the golf course, mm -hmm. and we we actually driving down here, and all these, oh, look at this place. What about this? This was just a vacant lot. Hmm. And we walked out of the dock, and all of a sudden, three big manatees surfaced. This is the place. Well, they told you to come here. That, I always say the, the wildlife producer. Yeah. The wildlife, the fruit, the whole thing, it's just laid back. It's know, funny, it, we're more similar. As you get to know people, it's more similar. We had actually been vacationing on Fort Myers Beach for years. It, we were in the Tampa area. It was a nice short drive, really pleasant down there, and a lot of stuff to do. And uh, we said, well, you know, instead of renting hotel rooms all the time, maybe we should look at, you know, someplace down here. So long story short, we'd look for three or four days and, you know, that maybe for some people they find it fun. It's exhausting. Pull into place, walk through. Uh, it's not what you want. The price isn't right, et cetera. And we'd done that for two or three days and we were having dinner that night. And I said, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of done looking for like it's this is our vacation. We're supposed to be having fun. And it's just driving from neighborhood to neighborhood, not finding really what we want. So she was really into. Uh, Randy Wayne White, all his books, you know, the Doc Ford series and stuff. And she said, yeah, let's take a day off. She said, let's try to find the island that he talks about all the time. So we came driving across the Matt Lachey, and she goes, okay, we're moving here. <laughs> <laughs> and we stopped at the center, met our realtor, who's still our friend to this day. And it was funny. She, Joanne says, yes, we want to buy someplace here. And she says... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's no beaches. And Jenny goes, yeah, we don't care about beaches. She goes, great. I'll, I'll get you a list of stuff to look at. But um, really by accident. So you came down to Fort Myers Beach and kind of discovered over here. We mm -hmm. actually kind of got tired of hunting over in that area and, and came over here and discovered by accident. But I always said that it was a rainy day and you weren't going out fishing. So you were poking around the neighborhood. Yeah. And you were looking first at Sanibel, and it was too expensive. San and you <laughs> you know, Sanibel is is like very uppity, you know. You know, 
snobbish. We we live that in New York. We weren't laid back. Down here, I mean, we didn't realize there were so many coconuts on this island. <laughs> but it it's it's a nice place to live, you know. Yeah. Uh it's quiet. It's very different since Ian blew by, but uh it's one, I mean, the view. I mean, you get boats passing by all the time. You got fish, manatees swimming up and down the canal. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you got New York pizza on the island, Pine Island pizza, and you got New York bagels just over the bridge in, in uh, Cape Coral. What more do you need? <laughs> <laughs> and you got that French uh, that French bakery. Uh, Oh, yes, yes, cafe. Yeah, they're, they're you know. Oh, have you had a chocolate croissant there? By oh, yeah, oh. we've had everything from there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you just don't want the crowds around. You know, that, I've had that rush, New York City rush hour, people crammed in, whatever. There's space here, you know. Uh, people and, say, how'd you get down here? And I said, well, it's out on an island. And to your point, it's got the scenery and everything. And they said, but it's all the way down on the end. I said, I like to think of it as if we hide down on the end. You're not <laughs> going to get traffic. You're not right. going to get the crowds. Yeah. Um, I mean, we tease, right? You need your passport and shots to get off the island. But, <laughs> you know, by the time you come to the center, I mean, and then what, another eight, nine miles or something to get down here. And then, and you don't drive past a lot per se. There, yeah. There's neighborhoods, but they're kind of hidden off the, off Stringfellow. And you get down here and then it kind of opens up into this nice little community. Well, the other night we were driving down here, we saw a coyote, mm-hmm. right? We have a house in um, Pine Island Village, and Lake Heather Circle, and from that house to the Sound, to the, the, the Gulf, I mean, uh, Pine Island Sound, there's nothing. And we had a fellow here that lived here. He used to sit owl. We rented it to him selling the fruit. His son used to walk over to the bay, and he saw a panther there a couple of times. Wow. So a scat. And, and a panther. I mean, I'm I'm what believe in science and reports. That there was a picture of a of a skunk ape on the island. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it was really? like you know, it's it's wilderness out there from from Pine Island Village to the Sound. You got many many acres of just barren land, and you know you got wild boars running around. We saw like about a four hundred pound uh, uh, wild pig. Yeah. You know, they were on the island, you know, and uh, it, it, it's just, it, it's nice. It's nice, but Panther, there have been reports of him on the island, uh, and he found piles of scat, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting, you know, it's alligators. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there were alligators. Have you seen the peacock? Mm-hmm. I just pictures of him on Facebook. No, if you drive up through, uh, the Alaska Tropical Street. Point. No, no, the Alaska Street. The Alaska the, Street. Yeah, up in Bokelia, right? Yeah. No, no, the Alaska Streets are like Fairbanks. It's just north of. Um, oh, oh, okay. I was what, thinking of that, the Fish uh, Street. Pine Island Cove. Yeah, Pine Island Cove. Yeah, by Maria Drive over well, there. That's where the peacocks are. Yeah. Well, there are. There's another flock of them up in Bokelia. We have here in St. James. How about the Spoonbills? Have you seen any of them? Yes. It, 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 it's a very different place. You know, I mean, it, it's laid back. It's affordable, you know. Getting less affordable. But it's, <laughs> well, you know, it, we, we, we've we set ourselves up with, uh, we, we bought and sold a lot of real estate in New York. And, you know, with the rental income and, and whatever. But 
it's nice. It's just nice to place. I mean, I um, unfortunately I can't get on a boat anymore, but you know, we're enjoying the restaurants and you know. Oh, absolutely. That is. Now I have to ask you this question. What? How did you come up with tackle craft of quinine? When? How did that? When did that? Okay. The word craft is the most important because there's a lot of effort and expertise that goes into these. Okay. Uh, and I wanted something to reflect where I am, you know. I could have called it, you know, rod builders or whatever, but to me, that was a, a pretty classy name, you know, and very easy to come by, you know. Uh, it identifies what I do, uh, how I do it, and where I do it, you know, so. It's an art. I mean, if you know anyone who's a weaver or anything yeah. like that, those, those designs it, are woven onto the... Look, if you look at them, it's art. It really well, is. Well, what goes into it from the very outset? You go through, like, I mean, I'm right now I'm making a, a template for a striped bass, which is very interesting because it's got all the markings, whatever. And striped bass, I mean, I made a couple of them. I'm not too happy with them. The one where it's, that I'm making now is where it's mouth open and it tails up like it's chasing a piece of bait. In my my mind, anybody that fishes for striped bass, that's what a striped bass looks like. I mean, that's not my image of, a, of what a, a steelhead should look like, but that's what I got. So I'm making it, but it, it takes like maybe 10, 12 hours to make the template. And I go, well, I'm listening to TV at my, at, my, at my leisure. It only takes 10 to 12 hours to make To one. make the template. Wow. But what happens if you first you take a picture of the of the striped bass that you're gonna use and you overlay it onto a, a graph. And then wherever it is on the graph, you just record those spots. So now you have you, you start, and then what you have to do is you have to number because your uh uh vertical axis axis is is your strings as you're winding. Your horizontal axis are the actual fish. So what happens is you, you, you're going over the graph. Wherever it is on the graph, you just have to annotate that. So you have the outline of the fish. And then you have to go over it and do the detail of the fish, the eyes, the mouth, the gill plates, the fins, the stripes. You know, it, it takes eight to ten hours. But I do it at my leisure. And then when you do it, it probably takes an hour two to three hours to actually weave it. Uh, yesterday, I did one of my fastest fish. I did a redfish. It took me an hour and 45 minutes. And I've done about 70 or 80 of them. But, you know, it, it comes out. And then you, you have to be careful not to overlay strings or, or switch strings. You know, string four becomes string five. and Whatever. So you see the strings crossing. And he's improving his patterns all the time. So now yeah. he, you could tell it's a shark because he has teeth in that little tiny oh. format over here. Yeah. That wow. shark's teeth. I'm always like, oh, that looks nice and vicious. Do you have like, is there such a thing as a standard custom rod? I know that's a bit of an oxymoron, but people come in and say like, I've got a redfish and you have a redfish. Or I mean, you do redfish all the time. Or right. is it mostly people come in and say, you know, like, like, you know, you did like the ashes of my best friend. Right. or Maybe it's a species you've not conquered yet, or do you, does it, you see a mix? And what happens is most people, 
most of the rods I sell have some sort of a fish on. But if somebody comes in here, I have just have a guy that um, a fellow from Texas that's ordering a two-piece rod, and we went back and forth about twenty times to make sure that I'm giving him exactly what he wants. Somebody comes in, they want a, a basic fishing rod, right? No problem. I, I I could do that for you. I, I have a couple rods in there. I'll give you. Uh, but when you're coming in for a custom rod again, it's a very personal thing. Okay. It's probably for most people a once in a lifetime deal, mm-hmm. and it's something that they're gonna keep forever. And, and he does gifts too. So people have had the initials of people, um, like their initials and right the initials, their names. One person had paw prints of their favorite animal put on there. Yeah. He does a lot of college logos. We had another one with, with he wanted a, a lasso. We made that. We a mermaid. Shamrocks, uh, college logos, it, it, whatever you want. I mean, some some stuff like the state flag of Maryland. If you ever see it, it's got checkered flags. Yes, that I couldn't do. You know, because <laughs> it's first a very of all, small canvas that he's working you, with. Your, your right? canvas is the circumference of the rod, right? Half the circumference of the rod, because when you roll it over, you don't see the other side. So you don't. You know, probably eighty. 75 to 80 strings, pieces of string going uh, horizontally is, you know, what, what the maximum. But, you know, it, it's it, it's fun. You know, it, it's a challenge. I mean, I'm, I'm always up for the challenge. Somebody wants something done, yeah, go try it. Boy fish, lionfish. Ever see a lionfish? Just uh, pictures. Yeah. I mean, I've done one of them. Uh, mermaids. He did Man a logo. Mermaid, did you? <laughs> he he did a logo uh, the, for a marine. Right. The, the few of the Oh. He did it in red and gold. Oh, so beautiful. beautiful. And um, Roll Tide, Alabama. Yeah, we looked at your With picture. With the A. The Roll yeah. Tide. It's, it's fun. You know, it, it, it's just a challenge. You know? yeah. Stuff like that's easy because it, it's not as intricate. You know, I mean, I have the alphabet. Where I just place the letters on, on my graph and I know where they are. Uh, the hardest part was the A, you know. Yeah, kind of a scroll A. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, that took me about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You know? But uh, it, it, it it keeps you busy, you know. I'm, um, and and the part of the advantage to him building the rods from the house is that uh, most of, he does, it in spurts, and then he has to wait for the product to dry and right. the acrylics and whatever. So he, you know, he'll do some work, and then he'll go watch a TV or have dinner or whatever, and then he'll go back for another 15, 20 minutes to work. And the, and pro- the it's process good is you do from the home. You get the blank in, okay? You have to sand it down, put the butt grip on, and glue it and let it dry overnight. Then the next day, you have to put the real seat on and the foregrip. But they have, you have to find the, the backbone of the blank, the spine, overnight. Then if you're going to weave a fish on, you put the string on, let it dry, let, let it set overnight. Then you weave that and then you give it a coat to hold the strings in place, a finish coat, wait overnight. Then you put the guides on, okay, and you put a coat over them. And wait overnight. 
So you can't do it all in one day, you know. Right. And each process is a couple hours, you know. He uh, always has them on his drawing rack. He has a few of them going in various stages of completion. And you have to be careful of the dust and the bugs. Because I've had a couple of bugs land on while I was spinning. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pain in the neck. <laughs> so you've mentioned eBay. Um, as a place where people can get rods, they're available locally. Is that yeah, true? we we sell. We have a rack at Pine Island Bait and Tackle. Okay, uh, but that's not the custom ones. I mean, he he puts the fish on there. Yeah, but the custom work comes back to us. Okay, yeah, uh, I have a lot of guys and a lot of fishermen on the island, offline customers. I have um, a guide service in Padre Island, Texas. Wow, uh, Rancho. Kiso Pesca, they buy off me. I have a tuna club out in San Diego. And then there's a bunch of fishermen, uh, another club up in uh, Oregon. They fish for halibut. You know, I've, I've got a lot a lot of folks around. He goes to the uh, post office in Boquilla, I'd say at least two or three times a week. Wow. Yeah, they yeah. know you very well. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle. Uh, it, it keeps you busy. It's nice. I mean, you're, you're interacting with people. Uh, and they invite us all the time. People, people from Montana buy, and then they write to them how much they're having fun in the rivers. They come up and visit any time, you know. It's yeah. well, personal. Also, in the reviews, I've seen pictures of the fish they caught. And yes. thank you for the, yeah. the, they wouldn't have caught the fish had it not been for you. Did you see the one with the guy? One guy, I built him a rod for alligator gar, which are these big, huge fish. And he posted a picture of one that he caught. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you actually holding that thing? But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's fun. Uh, if you look on eBay, uh, you, you, some of my rods, and then look at my feed, the feedback that I'm getting, uh, I've had two neutral reviews and one negative review in four years. You know, uh, and people quoting, Posting like I don't know whether the fish with it, it's so beautiful. I don't know whether the fish with it or put it on my wall, you know. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, it's not perfect. I mean, I, I I make mistakes like anybody else, but I stand behind my work. If, if you're not happy with it, tell me about it. I'll fix it. You know, uh, we we get our share of broken rods. With somebody I. I I built him a custom rod with the guy's name on it and a fish. And first cast, he hooked into a big fish and the rod snapped in half. You know, what do I know? You know, they're going to give you a new rod. Now, when people want to get a hold of you, it's not like you have days of operations and hours. No. No. They it, and they see, I know on Facebook, yeah. that's the best place to find in your phone numbers on there. 24 7. 24 7, yep. Call me at five thirty in the morning, though I might not be yeah, as happy. <laughs> but that's for the custom work and the repairs. So custom work and repairs, okay. yeah. But he has those poles that several of those poles. I, I think you have like about thirty there, right? What at the local uh, Pine uh, Island? I think there's, there's about thirty-five rods in there. Okay, but they're stuff that you just can't buy. Like the latest kick is, I want eight-foot topping rods, and I've given them about. 10 and they sold them out as soon as they came in the store. They sent me, I, I, I just ordered some and I built three top and put three top and on the rod 
and some guy came in and wanted to buy two or three of them. So Saturday, I spent the whole day and night, whatever, and I delivered them yesterday morning. Uh, and then they, what they're looking for is now is like eight foot rods, which nobody makes. Mm -hmm. So I'm making them for them, you know. And uh, it, 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 it's a special thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, the folks that buy them, you know, I mean, I've had my share of people come in and the guy, guy built them a tarpon rod, 20 to 40 pound tests. And he took it out group of fishing with 60 pound test line on it. And the first group where he hooked in, he snapped the rod right, right off the handle. And he, clearly he overstressed the rod. Right, yes. You know, and I I said, well, look, I'll send it back to American Dackle and see what they say. She said, well, it looks like I'm screwed. I said, well, look, it, uh, he used the rod for the wrong purpose. It said, it had, we, put it, we put it on what the length is, what the weight is, the, the lure you're supposed to use, and what the uh, line test that you're supposed to use is. So it says 20 to 40 pound test. Right. He was using 60 pound test. You know, you, you misuse the rod. If, 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 but that's rare. Most people use it. Most, most, mostly people come in with a broken rod. And a week or so after they bought it, I'll, I'll take care of them. But if they bring it in a year and a half later when they've been fishing with it, and he tells me what he was fishing and how he was fishing, I'll send it to American Tackle. They say it was, uh, you know, back, you know, a, a factory defect. I'll replace it. If not, hey, SOL. <laughs> had so many people. One of them walked out of the house and slammed it in his car door before he left our driveway. <laughs> you oh, know, people uh, do we had another guy. He, he tangled it up a in seven and a half foot rod. He was walking out. We had banana trees over on the side. He caught it in the banana trees and snapped it in. You know, uh, <laughs> but it, it happened. You know, I mean, it, it's. But he tries to make good on all of the. Uh, you try and help people out, help and me he's, again. But the handwork that he does, if it if it's a broken rod and it's all of his handwork that's on it, I practically tear up when I see those because he has to replace. Oh, I did a real boner over, over the weekend. Uh, I was weaving a tuna fish, and usually when I when I weave a pattern on the rod, the rod, the fish is facing up when you're fishing with it. With this, I had it facing down, so two and a half hours worth of work, shot. You know how it goes. That's all. Do it over again. I mean, I'm I'm retired. <laughs> Boy, you're not. I mean, you sound, you both sound very busy. Are you planning any vacation or trips? Or? And Orlean spends a lot of time in New York with her daughter. Well, this has been wonderful. You guys are so interesting. And um, and then your work is amazing. We're going to take some more pictures and post it out there because it's, it's hard to describe. They're so beautiful. Well, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us, and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and remember, Island Life
life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.